I don't get into the office till eleven this morning. Late night. An all-night quantum leap marathon on Channel 2. Oh, boy. Time travel. Love that shit. Almost as much as I love this glazed buttermilk donut I'm munching for breakfast and washing down with strong black coffee from Marlene's. Life without carbs and caffeine would be longer, but not better. What are you going to do? Oh yeah, sorry, introductions. Where are my manners? My name is Ronnie, Ronnie Delgado, and I run... Just a minute, I can't afford a receptionist. I gotta get this. Be right back. Delgado, servant of time investigations. How can I help you? Speaking. Yeah, you got him, buddy. That's me. Charlie O'Dowd. Charlie O'Dowd's dead. Uh, yeah, have been greatly exaggerated. Yeah, I, I know the Twain quote. Charlie, what's going on? What? Oh, uh, no. Wait. Just let me, uh... Okay. All right, Charlie, we're, we're good. Now, what's going on? Why is a supposed-to-be-dead man calling me? I met Charlie O'Dowd years ago. Back in high school, he was one of the reporters covering when I had to shoot some schmuck-up kid trying to pull a columbine on us. Charlie was from Fairhaven, one town over, and he didn't believe in the gift I told him I had, the gift that allowed me to see the future and what that kid was planning. But he didn't disbelieve me either, like everybody else. He reserved judgment until he learned the whole story, my story. He finally understood and believed. But knowing no one else would, he helped me concoct a believable lie that got me off the hook for any wrongdoing, even if I had to do a year of community service for illegally possessing a firearm. Charlie got me out of trouble. And he believed in me. Charlie was good people. I owed him. How can I help you, Charlie? What? The gift? Yeah. <laughs> it's still in full effect. When and where? Off Winslow Ave? Yeah. It's about a mile before the, uh... Yeah, the jail. I know it. I can meet you there, sure. All right, man. We're on for... What? What? Well, yeah, sure. It's, it's, it's under my hat. We hung up. I finished my donut and coffee, wondering while I did just what I might be getting into. If I was about to drop into trouble of historic proportions, like Pacula on that show, I needed more coffee. I sure wish Marlene made her coffee four times as strong. Then... I could just drink one cup instead of four. What are you going to do? I like my coffee like I like my women. Hot, black, strong, and in the morning. Did I just say that? Oh, boy. Then all of a sudden, a premonition, an image connected to Charlie somehow, what we were just talking about. 
the future site. This is how it starts. I see a flower, a beautiful, tall, blue flower in bloom, bobbing in a cool summer breeze. I look away for a second. I look back and the flower, it's wilted, shriveled, brown and dead. I look away again for just a quick second. I look back, it's back. The flower, tall, blue, and alive again. Like at first, but, but somehow, somehow totally different. And summer has changed to winter. I'm cold all the time. Like I take winter with me everywhere I go. That was the first symptom I noticed. And then, a beat. A throbbing beat. A double beat, like a, a heart beat. Like after a jog, when your heart and your pulse are up and you, you, you can hear it, or more accurately, feel it. But so strongly, it's as if you can hear it. Soft at first, sporadic, and then louder, stronger, constant, a, a, a heartbeat, a, a heartbeat tinnitus, except, except the heartbeat getting stronger isn't, doesn't feel like mine, a heartbeat. Everyone who's been near that thing reports what you just described. But coming from it, and it's intensified, it's heard all over the jail now. Yes, I, I know, and that was my experience until the scratch, when shortly after it, it, it came from within me, too. I hear it in me, even when I'm not here, even when I'm anywhere. It comes from outside me, in, through, the scratch. And at a recent checkup with my own doctor, after I'd been fainting and feeling weak, presenting with angina pain, excessive bloating and, and abdominal pain, he discovered congestive heart failure. An advanced stage liver disease. Liver disease? You're 35. I know. Since the scratch, my internal organs have been inexplicably aging at an advanced rate. In the last year, I've aged, by my own calculations, my internal organs have aged 50 years. You're going to need a new lead doctor soon. Very soon. Why is it so cold in here? After listening to that, now you know how it works, if you get it. So what do you think this kid's gonna be able to do for us up against that? I don't know yet for sure, Pete. But if you and me can put together a plan after what you show me tonight at the jail, whatever that plan is, I'm hoping he can at least tell us if it, well, if it has a future. Come again? It's a long story. I'll fill you in on the way. All right. Mind if I turn the heat on? It's cold up in here.
Later that night, we walked a mile in stealth mode up to the jail. Charlie brought a friend named a Source, country bumpkin straight from central casting. Source snuck us inside through some creepy underground sewer tunnels, which we navigated with flashlights. Rats, dripping water, dancing shadows, the whole horror movie nine yards. Creepy. We finally came up through a metal grate at the top of a ladder. Source had a key that got us through a big metal door into the facility. Where are we? They've turned this wing into the morgue. The morgue? Been a whole year since the infection started. Jail and medical staff, men in black, have gotten sick and died. Looking after that thing. Dozens have died after being forced into quarantine and kept in cells. They've been hiding the bodies in this. What's wrong? It's empty. Look. It was an empty, cold, refrigerated storage room full of bare metal table carts, like you see in morgues on TV shows. No bodies. Uh, I spoke too soon. Over there. Under a table in the corner of the room, a guy in a white lab coat laid out on his back on the floor. A puddle of blood pooled under him like a red oil slick. Deep, deep scratches, gouges, like from claws or something, running the length of his torso from chest to privates. So I say he started taking pictures of the poor schmuck. We won't leave empty-handed at least. These will make our case good enough. Post it on your radio station's website, Charlie. Blow the lid off this thing. The fuck was that? It. Time to go, fellas. Come on. And we were out of there and back in the sewer faster than I can eat a donut. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that's fast. Damn it. It's free. There might not be anybody else left alive in that old jail. But, but I don't get it. What well, don't you get, pal? All the bodies of the dead. Why are the dead bodies gone? Because they're... They're not dead anymore. What? I saw this. But in symbols that didn't make sense till now. Care to share, Ronnie? Things dead and gone is what I saw. Things dead and gone coming back again. Only, only, only changed. Shit, we forgot to lock that metal door. What are we gonna do? Run. No, do not run. Ula, where's that voice coming from? Up there, 10 o'clock. Speakers and cameras. Who are you? No time, we'll talk later. You can't run. You have to kill it first, now, and close that door you left open, or it, they, will kill us all, the whole town, kill it, now! Kill it? Kill it how? With this, how'd you know to bring a gun? I'd seen, saw, foresaw, a need for shooting something other than pictures tonight. Kill it, now!
Thank you for listening to episode four, the finale to season one of The Last Broadcast. Please leave us a comment on this page to let us know how you like the team-up of Ronnie Delgado, Servant of Time, with our Charlie O'Dowd and Source A, and generally what you like about Season 1 and any suggestions you might have for Season 2. Okay, time for the credits. Mark Powell wrote and performed the show with sound effects help, this time coming from Silver Platter Audio, Unroyalty.com, Freesound.org, and Tyops. Thanks again for listening. Until next season, coming soon, believe.